Well, praise the Lord. Pastor Jerry coming to you again with the Word of God. It is always an honor, always a privilege to bring you the Word of God. Amen. To open up the Word and dive into it. Praise God. We're grateful that you're connecting with us, whether it be through video or podcast, whatever it is. We're just so grateful that you're connecting with us. So let's go ahead and dive into Joshua 1. Joshua 1 once again. Amen. If... Uh, You've been uh, connecting with us in the last couple of weeks. We started a series a couple of weeks back talking about taking our promised land or possessing our promised land. Amen. And what we have in context is a, a word to Joshua about taking the promised land and really gives us a bunch of keys or uh, maybe tidbits or in words of instruction uh, in, in order for him to be successful at taking the promised land, and so we're going to take, uh, take note of that. So uh, verse 1, and we're going to read about 9, 10 verses here. It says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am given to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea, uh, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and have good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commands you. Do not turn from it uh, to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper or succeed wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. It literally just means having the desired result. Verse 9, Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid. You notice there's repeating this, right? Uh, Nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Praise God. Now, of course, as I said earlier, we're talking about taking our promised land. And what we can do is take, take our cues, so to speak, uh, from the example of, of the word that was given to Joshua. And what I'm doing is I'm taking basically every verse here, there's kind of a nugget or a key that we can take from. Amen. Now, if you remember, as I've been kind of talking, I kind of even did a little bit of review last week, maybe a little review, maybe even this week, just talking about the fact that we all have a promised land to gain. Amen. In fact, it just referring to the blessed life or the uh, life of God or the abundant life, Jesus called it, praise God. And if you recall, uh, we've brought out that uh, the way the, the Lord instructed the children of Israel about this promised land, he called it a land flowing with milk and honey. A land that's prosperous and, and productive is what it refers to. So uh, this is what we're all called to. These are types and shadows for you and me and examples to us about us taking our promised land. Now, again, I've, I've said this the last couple of weeks. I'm going to say it again this week. Uh, you know, sometimes I've heard people say, well, the promised land is a type and a shadow of, of our heaven, you know, going to heaven, in which I beg to differ on that because uh, they have to 
face their enemies. They have to resist that which is opposing them. In heaven, you're not going to have any of that, okay? So this here is just talking about a life that we're called to live, and we have to recognize that uh, even though you're called, you have promises given to you, uh, we still have to stand for what, uh, you know, stand on those promises. We still have to fight the good fight of faith, praise God. In fact, the Scripture said all the promises of God in Him are yes and in Him amen, which is 2 Corinthians 1.20, praise God. All the promises. Now, the word promise, again, is defined as an expressed assurance. Now, something that has been spoken, recorded, okay, an expressed assurance on which expectation is to be based. That's what it means, okay? So, in other words, you can bank on it. If you can see it in here, you can bank on it. Now, or, pardon me, uh, Hebrews 8 and 6 says this. It says that Jesus was the mediator of a better covenant, okay, established on better promises. Of course, talking about the new covenant. In this word, we have the old covenant and the new covenant. Now, the word covenant, okay, is referring uh, to a will, a testament, uh, a contract, and literally re refers to writings that have been uh, written down, uh, writings of, uh, it says, agreements or promises that have been made, okay? So that's what you have right here. Okay, you have the Old Testament or covenant, the New Testament or covenant, or sometimes referred to as the will and testament of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, talking about the new covenant. And so Jesus is a mediator, okay, like the go-between is kind of what it means, uh, between God and man. He's the mediator of a better covenant established on better promises. So it's a covenant or a writing containing agreements and promises made, and those promises are, again, defined as an expressed assurance on which our expectation is to be based. So, in other words, in this contract, okay, in this covenant, in this will, okay, in this uh, testament, okay, uh, what we have, amen, are agreements and promises, now, in the Word, we have all kinds of great things that, are, that, that we see. We have all kinds of principles and all kinds of, uh, you know, history and all kinds of, uh, you know, uh, things that have been prophesied and, and spoke forth and, and things that, uh, you know, that happened that, that we take note of that ex explain about our God and about our Savior. I mean, all these are wonderful things. But throughout all of it, it has promises, that we can stand on. So when I'm talking to you today about taking or possessing our promised land, I'm talking about all these promises, this life that we're really called to. In fact, one place it refers to that quality of life, that abundant life, amen, that we're all called to possess. Literally says lay hold to that life that you're called to, it says. Amen. Lay hold of it. Amen. And that's up to you and me. We have to lay hold of this, praise God. Now, the scriptures in Hebrews, again, just again, another part of the, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, giving you a little bit of, uh, you know, what we've already talked about. Uh, but it says this, that through faith and patience, we inherit those promises. So it says through your faith, through your believing, okay, through your confidence and assurance, through your, uh, you know, your relying on God, through that faith and Patience, which refers to, it literally just means constancy or consistency, 
means to be consistently constant, okay? So what it refers to is you stay constant with your believing. Through faith and patience, you inherit those promises. Amen. That's what we want to do. Later on in Hebrews 10 and verse 36, it says this, that through endurance, and that really it's a kind of the same root word as far as the constancy and consistency, through sticking with it, staying with it, praise God, some fortitude, uh, determination, you stay with it, praise God, endurance, amen. Through endurance, we, it says as you do the will of God, you will receive those promises, amen. So there's the doing of some things, amen. So in other words, there's promises that have been made, but there's some doing, some things you have to do in order to possess that. Now, the reason I went through all that again is because that's exactly what happened. Remember, this is a promised land. It was promised to the children of Israel. But that first generation never did go in and inherit that promised land, okay, due to some things that they did, some of their own doings, things that they, uh, you know, decisions they made that were poor decisions, things that they got their mouth caught up and involved in, and some actions and decisions, that just poor decisions, poor actions. And as a result of it, it kept them out of what was promised to them. Well, I don't want that to be uh, for you or me. I want to inherit my promises. I want to receive my promised land, that blessed life, that abundant life, that life of God that I'm called to. So if it means there's certain things I need to, you know, give heed to or, or to follow, then so be it. That's what we'll do, praise God. And that's why we're doing this series. So back in, in, um, in Joshua 1, let's give you just the, the, I think we did three or four of them so far. I'll just talk about them briefly and then move on. Verse 1, it said again, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord, here we go, spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, praise God, spoke to Joshua, Amen. The son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying. So in other words, the first thing was you got, you got to stay attentive, okay, because God is wanting to communicate. That's exactly what happened here. It's pretty amazing how many times the Lord talked to Joshua. Now, if you recall, in the very first week of this, we brought out some things about Joshua, how Joshua was a man who stayed in the tabernacle of meeting, in the tent of meeting, amen, and, and worshiped, you know, before God, communed with God, fellowship with God. He was not only a, a faithful and loyal servant to Moses, he was a faithful and loyal servant to the Lord. You know, he communed with God, all right? So he developed his hearing. So when this time came now for him to take that second generation in, he begins to communicate with him and talk with him. Now, God wants to talk to you and me. So we have got to, if we're going to be a people that possess our promised land, we've got to stay attentive. Amen. Because God is wanting to communicate. Then it goes on in verse 2, Moses, my servant is dead, is what he said to him. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm given to them, the children of Israel. Now, verse 2, what I brought out, you notice he says, now, therefore, arise and go. So in other words, things are going to be different now. In other words, Moses is now gone. That generation is now behind us. It's a new day, a new time. So the second principle that we brought out here, or key we could say, is to stay pliable. You've got to be ready and okay with change. Because as God begins to communicate with us, you know, you have to understand that sometimes it requires some change. It might be some adjustments on our part. It might be just to look at something different. It may be to 
begin to declare things different. It may begin to make a different adjustment here or there. Whatever it is, praise God, you got to be willing to do it. So not only do you stay attentive, you got to stay pliable. Amen. So that if he begins to lead you in a direction, you got to be okay with that. Amen. Uh, if you're going to possess that promised land. Verse 3 says, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. So in other words, every place the sole of your foot will tread upon. In other words, uh, you know, the number three uh, 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 principle or key was you got to stay assertive. So in other words, he says here, every place the sole of your foot treads is yours. So you're going to have to go tread. You're going to have to actually step this out. Okay, you can't just talk about it. You can't just say, someday I'm going to do this. He says, listen, you not only got to be attentive and be pliable, you got to be assertive. You got to be okay now when he says it's time to move forward, that you move forward, praise God. You know, we used a reference, you know, out of Deuteronomy about, about you know, this. you've stayed long enough at this mountain. It's time now to move on to the next one, praise God. So no matter what we see throughout Scripture, Old Covenant and New Covenant, when he begins to talk to his people, he never leaves his people in the same place. Even when they were in the wilderness, the Scriptures are clear that he moved them from time to time. He never kept them in the same place all the time, praise God. And that's the same with our walk. Now, God always receives you where you're at, but he never leaves you where you're at. Amen. Uh, this life of God is always going to require you and me to keep pressing forward, moving forward, taking ground. Amen. It's always uh, required of us to do that, praise God. So if we're ever going to take this promised land, the promises that have been given, that life we're called to, that life, uh, that abundant life we're called to possess, amen, if we're ever going to do that, we're going to have to stay assertive. Amen. That not only... Be attentive, not only be pliable, but be willing to move forward as he leads. The fourth verse then said this, From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea uh, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Now, one of the keys we brought out in this one here was the fact that you're going to have to stay aware. Now, the reason we brought that out is because you notice here he gives the, the you know, basically the, uh, the box of the boundaries or borders, amen, of what, but you notice he said that uh, he, he mentions the Hittites, okay? The Hittites literally just, it just means uh, terror, to terrorize. It means literally to uh, terrorize by intimidation, okay, which is a great and perfect example of what our enemy does to us even today, okay, is tries to constantly terrorize us, terrorize us or intimidate us one way or another. Now, the reason I brought that out is because he's letting it be known that, listen, I'm telling you to move forward, but I'm also letting you know you have an enemy. With every uh, opportunity, in fact, the scriptures are pretty clear about this. Paul writes that with, with opportunity comes opposition. Every time there is uh, opportunity to move forward, there's always going to be some form of opposition. And so we talked about being aware of the fact that we have an enemy. You have to be aware of that, okay? You can't ignore that, amen? The Word says don't be ignorant of your enemy, and it says don't be intimidated by your enemy. You have to stand against the wiles of the enemy. You have to stand against those principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, and spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. you got to be willing to do that. you got to be willing to resist. Now, the Scriptures are clear. Submit to God, resist the devil, and the enemy will flee, praise God. Amen. And so we talked quite a bit about that last week, about resisting the enemy, praise God. That's on us to do that. 
Amen. Now, the Lord's leading, and the Lord will help you. And as you submit yourself to God and follow God, amen, I guarantee you, God will also lead you not only in the direction to go, but he'll lead you in how to resist your enemy, praise God. Because I guarantee you, as you lean on God, amen, you win. Hallelujah. But you've got to be willing to move forward, and you've got to be willing to resist when the enemy opposes you, praise God. So that's uh, kind of everything in a nutshell so far the last two weeks. Let's go to verse 5, amen, for our principle today, praise the Lord. So back to verse 5 now, it says this, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Sounds like a good promise to me, praise God. All, amen, it says here, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Now listen, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. All right, so not only does he give the promise of the fact that, that nothing's going to be able to stand against you, but he says, listen, I'm with you. Okay, now that's the key. Now, I kind of got a little bit of a different uh, key here today. I'm going to say this. you got to stay accountable. All right, now what I mean by that is that you can't, there's no excuses here. And that, to me, that's what he's saying here. And you say, well, how do you get that? Well, he says, I'm with you. Okay, he says, I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Okay, he says no man should be able to stand against you. But he just got done saying in a verse uh, prior to that that you're going to have opposition. All right, but you have to be you have to be so anchored in the fact that God is not going to leave me nor forsake me. And what the point is this is that you can't have you know some excuse. Amen. God said, listen, you're going to if you just move forward, nothing's going to be able to oppose you. In other words, nothing's going to be able to uh, stand against you. In other words, bring you down. You have to just keep moving forward. And you have the promise that he will never leave you nor forsake you. All right? So you are never going to have an excuse to not move forward. In fact, let me give you some definition here because um, when you kind of look at this, it kind of makes sense. The word excuse, okay, if you just think about, you know, having an excuse, it just means this, to justify or to exempt oneself from moving forward. That's what it means, to justify or exempt oneself from moving forward. It literally means, uh, or, or literally to avoid accountability, all right? It means, means to avoid, amen, uh, you know, accountability, to avoid moving forward. See, anytime there's an excuse, all right, any kind of excuse, excuses lock you down where you're at. You never move forward when there's excuses, that's why he said, listen, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with most, I'm with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I ain't going to turn my back on you. So you ain't going to be able to say, well, all, these, all this coming against me right now is too much. It's too great. No, he says, no, it's never going to be too great because I'm with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So you can't pull up some kind of an excuse to get you to shut down. Are you hearing me? Listen, there's no excuse for a lack of progress. That's just it, period. If we're ever going to gain ground, if we're ever going to take our promised land, we cannot yield to excuses. So the way I kind of use this today, or well, I'm bringing this out, is I'm calling it this, stay accountable. Amen, stay accountable to this. <clears throat> don't, don't come up with a bunch of excuses and try to push it off on something else and try to justify the lack of progress. Okay, you can't do that, all right? Because God has promised he's never leaving nor forsake you. Now, we got all kinds of other promises we could attach to this. 
you know, the word of God, the power of God, the Holy Spirit, okay, the blood of the Lamb. We got all kinds of things. Uh, you know, we have uh, the promises of of, you know, everything that uh, from the armor of God, to, we can go on and on and on of all the promises, the grace of God, all, all that empowerment, okay, uh, you know, the, all the promises of, of being in the presence of God. All of these things are, are literal promises that allow us to continue to be empowered to move forward and keep taking ground regardless of what's against us, regardless of what's against us, all right? Now, I'm not denying the existence of the opposition or whatever it is you may be facing. All I'm saying is we have no excuse to sit and do nothing. We have got to take ground and move forward, praise God. And, you know, one guy say it this way. He said, it's always easier to lose than to win. And that's the truth. You can just lay down and quit, and it's, it seems easier to just give up and quit. But we're not called to quit. We're not called to give up. And the fact that we talked a little bit about that last week, amen, we're called to move forward, press forward. We don't, we don't look back, pull back, you know, uh, draw back. We don't do that, praise God. We move forward, amen. And so we have got to be accountable before God, amen, that as God has told us to move forward, that we'll keep moving forward and not yield to the excuses that try to keep us back or hold us captive or hold us down. Are you hearing me today? Praise God. I was thinking about some individuals when I was kind of um, meditating on this. I'm thinking about things like Moses, for instance. In Exodus 3, uh, you know, uh, the Spirit of God, you know, of course, talked to Moses about, about you know, going to Pharaoh and re getting his people uh, free from Pharaoh, uh, from, that, from that bondage, the house of bondage, they call it. All right. And Moses, first thing he said was, uh, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh that I am that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? You know, who am I? Yeah, right off the bat, I wanted to start with an excuse. I mean, who am I? I, I mean, I, I, OK, I know you're telling me I can do this, but but who am I? OK, now, anytime you're holding on an excuse, you're not going to do anything. Now, praise the Lord. He let go of that excuse and move forward. Amen. He did do that. Praise God. Amen. And a lot of times you look at that, we might say, well, that's a valid question. You know, who am I? Uh, but in all honesty, it's, real, it's a real temptation in that anytime you start thinking that way uh, to shut you down and not move forward because you look at it, you know, because you're looking at you in, you know, your own opinion or whatever or the fear of men because somebody else maybe said something or whatever or, you know, somebody, you know, whatever through their words, you know, through things they've done somehow or another it causes you to use that as an excuse what happens and you don't take ground. You just kind of sit where you're at and never move forward. You're always kept in your current condition when there's an excuse. If you'll let go of the excuses, be accountable for that. Amen. Just say, you know what? I refuse to listen to that. I refuse to yield to that. Amen. I, I, I choose to move forward. Amen. I refuse uh, to let anything hold me back. Be accountable. Amen. And as you do that, God will always show himself strong. Another individual that, uh, that had an excuse in the beginning was Gideon. You know, in Judges in chapter 6, in verse 15, he, one of his excuses is, Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Come on, same thing here. Indeed, my clan, in other words, my tribe, my family, is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least even in my father's house. I mean, he says, I'm the weakest of the weak. I mean, all that is is some excuse. Well, the word of the Lord to him was, You're a mighty man of valor. And you're going to deliver God's people today. 
Amen. Well, at first it was excuses. Okay, there was others in there too. But soon as he let go of the excuses, he became the mighty man of valor. Excuses do nothing but hold you back. One gentleman years ago, I'm, I can't even remember now really who said it, but I just remember it. It just said this, that, the, that excuses are nothing but the nails used to build the house of failure. The nails used to build the house of failure. That's all excuses are. Amen. And again, you know, please don't feel like your pastor's, you know, condemning you or being upset with anything. It's just, it's just that we have to understand we've got to be accountable before God that as God begins to lead us and he's given us these mighty promises, then we got to stand on these promises. Don't be so moved by all the little things that try to cause you to use a, to justify stopping or justify somehow you, you know, exempt you from moving forward in some way, shape or form. Amen. We're not denying the existence of the pressure. But what we're trying to get you to do is to be accountable before God, to follow God based on the promises and the leadings, amen, and not yield to excuses that shut you down. I hope that's making sense to you, amen. Another example of this I found in the New Covenant in, um, in the Gospels in chapter 5 of John. It brings out, it was a, a man that was, uh, who had been, uh, he's laying by the pool of Bethesda. And if you remember the story, Jesus comes, comes into that uh, area there, and there's all kinds of sick folk around the pool of Bethesda. And the story was that every so often the angel of the Lord would stir the water and the first one into the water would be healed, okay? Well, Jesus, you know, uh, shows up and obviously was led by God because uh, he was the only individual that he ministered to in that, in, that, in that pool area. And there were several there, but he, for some reason, was led by God to do that. And it could have been maybe the prayer uh, of a family member. We don't know. But all we know is he was led by God, did what God told him to do. He goes in, he talks to this individual, and he knew that he had been there for a long time. And I think it was like, uh, you know, been a lot of years he'd been there. He actually been in that condition for, I think, over 30 years, like 38 years or something like that. I, I apologize if I didn't get the number right, but it's just something like that. And he'd been in that location for quite a while. So Jesus just asked him a simple question. He said, do you want to be made well? Well, to you and me, if I, you know, by just hearing that, you know, you're thinking, well, that's a yes or no question. But instead, what he did is he had an excuse, okay? Probably a rehearsed excuse, all right? And this is what he said. He said, you know, he said, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another person steps down before me. In other words, every time I try to move that way, somebody always beats. I mean, he goes into this whole spiel. He'd probably been upset about it for years because every time they see something happen there in the water, they're all making movement there, and he always had, somebody always beats him, you know. But the point is, Jesus didn't want to hear all that. He just needed a yes or no. Now, praise God, the Lord didn't give heed to the excuse. I praise God for that. And probably, you know, he did too, because the Lord just said, rise up, take up your bed and walk. And praise God, the man followed. Amen. The guy could have laid there and said, you're crazy. I haven't been, I haven't, you know, been stand, you know, stood up for years, you know, or something. But he did exactly what Jesus said. Praise the Lord. But I want you to know, again, excuses never help. Excuses are just there to try to justify uh, you know, uh, your, your uh, you know, well, what was the definition? Let me give it to you again. To justify or exempt oneself from moving forward or to avoid accountability. All right. So, uh, you know, we're not, 
going to sit here with a bunch of excuses trying to justify ourselves. That's never got anybody anywhere, all right? Now, Scripture says this in Philippians 4 and 13. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do. So the point is that, to me, I always read that and I think about this. you got to get the I can'ts out of your vocab and start saying more I can do. Amen. Because the word says in him you can do all things. Praise God. You can move forward. You can do this. So purpose to be accountable. That's got to be in here when we're talking about taking our promised land. You've got to be accountable. All right. And, and so that means you can't yield to the excuses. All right. Be accountable to follow suit when he starts leading and directing. Amen. And you know you got all the promises of God being with you. Amen. And God empowering you. Amen. And as I just you know quoted there out of Philippians 4, you can do all things through Christ. Amen. So we're not asking you to do this in your own strength, but we are asking you to do it in his strength. And if you will do that, you can keep moving forward and take your land. Let's go back to Joshua 1 now. Let's look at the next verse. In verse 6 now, it says, Be strong and of good courage, all right? For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Now, uh, this verse here, there's a lot said in here. Um, and granted, you know, we're, we're kind of just pulling out one key, one principle, you know, uh, one nugget out of each verse, basically. But, you know, he's letting it be known, even after you go take the land, you're going to have to help divide this land up, which is a huge thing. But I like how he said it. He starts that verse by saying, uh, being strong and of good courage. Amen. And that's really our next principle here out of verse 6 is you have to stay encouraged. All right. You have to do what it takes to remain. Here we go. Motivated or enthused. All right. You. That's on you. That's on me. Amen. So we have to stay encouraged. Amen. Praise God. Now that uh, that's. Like I said, that is on you or me to do and nobody else. Now, praise God that we can, you know, we can help others, you know, by encouraging and, and be encouraged. We're not taking away from any of that. But what he's telling Joshua here is you can't necessarily count on everybody else here to keep you pumped up, keep you enthused, keep you, uh, you know, motivated. Okay, you're going to have to stay motivated in God. Amen. One of the cool references that I use for things like this is like out of uh, 1 Samuel 30 and verse 6. Okay, and that's where David, remember, they, they came back to Ziklag, him and the posse, him and the, uh, you know, the mighty men. They all came back to Ziklag where their families and, and all their, uh, you know, their families and possessions and, and flocks and everything were at. They come back to Ziklag, and you remember, Ziklag was burned to the ground. And all their families are gone, all their possessions, all their livestock gone. And, you know, you can imagine it had been a sad moment, you know, uh, you know, just to see your city burnt to the ground and all your family's gone. Everything you, you have and own is gone. And they all got very grieved and they they got so grieved that they looked to, they were literally looking to stone David. OK, which was a kind of a nutso thing. But it's amazing what you you know, how you think when uh, when you're under that kind of strain or that mental strain, you know, of grief and that kind of thing. And. So they're looking to, to stone him. So even in, even in the face of what I would say betrayal, because they were an inch away of betrayal, 
okay? They're definitely thinking it, okay? And even in the face of betrayal, the word said this in that verse there, verse uh, 6, that uh, this is 1 Samuel 30 and verse 6, that, that David strengthened himself in the Lord. In other words, he encouraged himself in the Lord. He made a decision to look toward God, amen, hallelujah, to encourage himself in the Lord, praise God. Hallelujah. So key, so key. So he's telling Joshua the same thing. You have to stay encouraged. You have to stay, you know, enthused and empowered to do this, to keep doing this, because if you're going to look to all them to try to keep you pumped up, it ain't going to happen, okay? And if you go back and you look at all, you know, the previous generation, it's very obvious, okay, that ain't going to happen, okay? So you have got to keep yourself in, in a place in God where you're strengthened, encouraged, come on now, where you're, uh, you know, motivated and enthused in God, that's on you and me. Now, again, I'm not taking away from, you know, the times that somebody comes and, you know, helps you and encourages you. Praise God for all those things and praise God for the ability to go encourage another person. But if you're just going to count on other people to always keep you encouraged, it's, you're probably never going to possess your promised land because there's going to be too many things out there that try to take your joy, all right, that's going to try to take your strength, okay, take your courage, all right? So you have to keep yourself encouraged in the Lord. One of the verses I like to talk about with these kind of things, too, is out of Romans. Romans chapter 12 and verse 11 talks about being fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Fervent in spirit, Serving the Lord, and it's talking about enthusiasm. In fact, some of the translations that talk say this, to be aglow and burning with the Spirit, one says. Another one says, don't burn out, keep yourselves fueled and aflame in God. Amen. The, one of the translations says, also says this, to serve Him, I love this, enthusiastically, praise God. Now you say, well, okay, it all sounds great, but how does that happen? Well, you're going to have to stay focused on what you think about and meditate on. Okay, you gotta you gotta guard what you let sink into your head when you're talking about you know things going on around you. You gotta make sure that God is the one keeping you motivated. You gotta stay locked on Him, stay focused on the things of God. Amen. Keep your mind locked onto that so you're meditating on the right things. And of course, we're gonna see even some of that uh, you know coming up here in some other verses here. But but it's talking about staying, keeping yourself. You know, focus and motive, you know, and um, keep your mind meditating on the right things. All right. That's up to you. Okay. If you're always going to look to everybody else to, to keep that going in you, there's going to be trouble because down the road, all it's going to take is if everybody around you now is all, remember what, remember that thing with David? Everybody around him was looking to betray him. So if he was going to be moved and let somebody else, you know, because you can imagine David was just as grieved as everybody else because of the loss of the family. But but the word says he strengthened himself or encouraged himself in the Lord. He had to because nobody else was there to do it. All right. So he's telling Joshua, you got to do the same thing. You got to, well, you, how do you say, it? you got to be strong and of good courage. And he says that not even, and I love this verse because it's not even just talking about as you go through and, and possess your land, but even afterwards when you go to divide the land even, you're going to need courage for that. And that, see, he's just dealing then with, with his own people. When you stop and you think about it, so he's letting it be known. It ain't gonna, you ain't going to find your strength and courage in, in people, okay, in those around you. 
Okay, because sometimes, you know, they, they're with you one minute and, and maybe not so much the next minute. That's just the facts, okay? So that's why you have to stay, uh, you know, encouraged in the Lord or strengthened, amen, or motivated or, uh, you know, enthused in God, praise God. In fact, the word uh, enthused comes from a Greek word, entheos, which means, uh, you know, inspirited or in God, okay? Uh, allowing God, God's the one breathing into you, amen. That's where true enthusiasm and motivation is going to come through God, by God breathing into you every day, keeping yourself focused and locked on, amen, to the true source of motivation and courage and strength. And we go on and on, praise God. Let me give you a couple references out of Proverbs. Um, I thought this would be worthy of doing with this. In Proverbs in chapter 12 would be the first one I'll look at. In verse 25, it just says this. It says, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. I love this. So uh, anxiety, we're talking about cares and worries, even uses the word there, sorrow. Okay, so it's just talking about outside sources. Something has trying to create this thing of anxiety, stress, and uh, pressure, worry. Okay, all of this says that anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, which literally means uh, a low spirit, it literally means to bow to low, to lower the spirit of, but it's talking about discouragement. So anxiety in the heart of man causes discouragement, but a good word makes it glad, praise God. But the point is he's trying to bring out is if, if you're just going to be moved by all natural sources around you, there's going to be times it's going to bring nothing but discouragement, okay, nothing but depression, okay? So you can't be moved by all these other things. You have to stay encouraged in the Lord, stay strengthened in the Lord, praise God, or you're going to find yourself up and down all the time. And if that's the case, you're never going to possess that promised land because you know as well as I do that not everything is, you know, is, is, you know, in divine order as you move forward. You know, it's like one brother said it this way. He said, you know, if you're going to wait for all the lights to turn green for you back out of the driveway, you're never going to get out of the driveway. If you're waiting for everything to be right, everything to be in order, everything to be fine, okay, then it's never going to happen. See, but you still have to move forward. Amen. Don't lose sight of all the other things we've talked about. You can't, you, you still got to move forward. Okay, not proper English there, but you get the point. You got to move forward. Amen. And part of that is you cannot be, you cannot let everything else around you dictate, uh, you know, your, you know, over maybe overwhelm you emotionally or whatever it is, cause you mentally to, to be, you know, come under it, okay? You have got to stay locked on, stay encouraged, enthused. Come on now, stay, uh, you know, stay in, uh, you know, in, uh, what was that word uh, that David used it? Motivated. Uh, what was the other one? Praise God. Strengthened. I think that was what it was. Strengthened in the Lord. Amen. Motivated in God. Amen. So you have got to stay locked on. Amen. Now, another reference here out of uh, chapter 17. Let's go ahead and do that since we're in Proverbs. And uh, chapter 17, verse 22, and it just says this, A merry heart, here we go, does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. So a merry heart, okay, which just literally means joyful, gleeful, rejoicing heart, right, does good like medicine or a cure it means, but a broken spirit, dries the bones, literally brings, means to disappoint, discourage, 
caused to wither. And it's talking about the strength of man. So in other words, again, it comes right down to this thing that what you focus on and meditate on is going to determine, okay, how much strength, courage, enthusiasm, okay, that you're going to walk in, praise God. So back here to Joshua again, Joshua 1, he's talking about, you know, you've got to, what, be strong and of good courage. Now you notice in the next verse, he repeats himself, okay, only be strong and very courageous, all right? He's repeating it. In fact, he does it a couple times in here. He repeats himself, all right? So it's very important, amen, that you stay strong and very courageous, amen? Stay enthused, stay empowered, stay motivated, stay strengthened in God, praise God. You've got to do that if you're going to take this land, amen? So only be strong and, and courageous, verse 7 again, that you may, here we go, observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or the left that you may prosper wherever you go. I thought I'd do one more here today out of this verse 7. And he notice it says here, do not turn uh, from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper or succeed. Come on. Hallelujah. Wherever you go, do not turn. So what is the key here in this one? Here's the key uh, or the nugget we'll get out of verse 7 is you got to stay resolute. You can't turn to the right or the left. Stay resolute means being determined, firm, fixed, okay? It means literally to maintain a fixed purpose of mind. Maintain a fixed purpose of mind. Hallelujah. Everything, everything out there is trying to, in a sense, knock you off your stand. Knock you off, uh, you know, your stand, maybe I could say, for your promise, okay? There's all kinds of things going on. Some of it's demonic. Some of it's just, you know, uh, people things. Some of it's circumstances. Uh, it could be, depending on what we're dealing with, it could be everything from health, health things, financial things, uh, you know, words that people said, uh, you know, some kind of a weapon that's been formed against you, uh, you know, whatever it may be, it doesn't matter. All I, all I know is that there's always things trying to knock you off your promise. If you're going to inherit your promise, if you're going to receive your promise, you cannot let anything knock you off that. So you've got to stay resolute. You've got to stay locked on. Amen. You've got a, a purpose in your heart. I'm not going to turn to the right or the left. I'm staying locked on with what God told me. And I'm going to move forward and do this. And remember, he's talking to Joshua. All right? Because it's very easy with all the pressures of everything that's going to happen, everything that's going to oppose you, whether it be, like I said, circumstances or people things or words, whatever it is, okay, all the things that try to oppose you are going to try to get you to turn to the right or turn to the left. And you have to settle it. I'm moving forward in God. Amen. I'm going to stay encouraged and, and locked on into Him, strengthened in Him, and keep moving forward in the direction I'm supposed to. I'm going to stay, here we go, resolute, praise God. Stay resolute. Now, uh, the last reference I'm going to turn to, and that is out of Joshua again. Let's go to Joshua 24, because if we're going to talk about staying resolute, I guarantee you that Joshua's a good one to talk about. And a key verse or verses here that we all know about, okay, and we're going to look in verse, uh, chapter 24, verse 14. It just says this, Now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river the, uh, in, uh, and in Egypt. Serve the Lord, and if it seems evil 
It literally just means pointless or meaningless to you to serve the Lord. Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods uh, which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, common verse, most that's usually the little phrase that you see on all kinds of plaques or paintings or things on the wall, things on people's desks, hanging on the refrigerator. Okay, uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful verse, but it's talking about being resolute. Okay, and this is at the end of all of it. They've already taken the promised land, already divided uh, things out. He's addressing the people now, and he's saying the same thing. You've got to stay resolute. If you're going to continue to move forward in God, you've got to be resolute about this. As for me and my house, we're serving God. You ever come under my house, that's what we're doing. We're serving God. Okay, and he's letting it be known. Okay, uh, you've got to stay resolute. Now, if you read the rest of this story, or the rest of this chapter, uh, the children of Israel he's talking to, they, they kind of have a little, you know, a little tough time with what he's saying. They're letting them know, yeah, of course we're going to do this. He said, said no, no, you're, you're not getting what I'm saying. You have got to stay resolute or you're going to waver. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to serve God. Of course we are. They, they, they knew the right words to say, but he was letting it be known. Listen, you know, I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. You have got to stay resolute. You don't stay resolute, you're going to waver. And once you start wavering, all right, it's just, it's just it ain't long, and pretty soon it's, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's a snowball effect, and pretty soon you're, 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 you're sliding backwards or whatever. And they have to understand, okay, they, they, got a, they had a little bit of a, you know, they were kind of like, you know, we ain't going to do that. We, 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 we're going to stay resolute ourselves, and they were just verbalizing it. But, of course, if you know church history or you read the history of this, it wasn't long, and they did start wavering, all right? And so they didn't stay resolute. So to me... You know, what, what God was telling Joshua in the beginning of this is that you have to stay resolute or you're never going to finish the job. And, of course, he did stay. And remember, there's a few obstacles, not only just the opposition of, of the different uh, tribes they went through, but there were certain things that happened that, you know, could have been real easy to just say, you know what, you know, I don't need to put up with this. I don't need to deal. You know, he could have just got upset like Moses did. You know, Moses got all upset with the... Uh, with the people because, uh, you know, because of their wavering and up and down and the things they did and the decisions they made, okay, it upset him, and sometimes it, it got the best of him, okay? And that's why he never even got to go into the promised land, okay? And so he's telling Joshua, Joshua, if you're going to finish this job, you've got to stay resolute. And he understood that. You know, and all the things we talked about already, you know, about staying anchored, stay connected, praise God. No, you know, you got to stay accountable. You got to own everything. I, I, I got to keep myself anchored to God. I got to keep myself motivated in God. Amen. I got to keep moving forward uh, based on, on God empowering me and strengthening me to keep going, praise God. Not leaning on the arm of the flesh or anybody else's flesh for that matter, but leaning on God. Amen. And stay anchored. Stay resolute. Don't waver to the right or the left. Amen. Just settle it, praise God. I'm serving God and moving forward in God, and I'm going to take my promised land, my blessed life, that abundant life, that life of God that I'm called to, uh, uh, to inherit, to possess, or to lay hold of. That's what I'm going to do, praise God. And you got to settle that, praise the Lord. And, of course, he gets done with the job and then addresses the people, basically saying the same thing. Okay, you're going to have to stay resolute. You're going to have to settle it. As for me and my house, we're going to serve God. And years ago, you know, 
I can't even remember again who said it, and I apologize for not being able to give credit to where credit's due here on this, but one of the statements that, that come out, if you don't lead your family, your family's going to lead you. And that isn't always good. Okay, so, you know, you have to settle it that we're going to move forward and do the God thing. Amen. We're going we're gonna to possess the land that's ours, that land flowing with milk and honey, that promised land that we're called to. We're going to move forward in that. Amen. And as for me and my house, praise God, we're going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. One of the references that uh, uh, comes up sometimes with this is that Matthew 6, you know, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things, uh, you, know, you know, follow you. Amen. And the idea of that is this. If you just stay focused and keep move, going God's way, everything else takes care of itself. Amen. Now, the reason I wanted to mention that is because I was thinking about this in this verse, and I'll say this before I let you go. In verse 15 there, you notice it mentions the Amorites, the God of the Amorites. He said this. He said that, uh, talked about whether the gods of, this, of your fathers that they served on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in the land with which you now dwell. And you think, well, why would he mention that? Well, the word Amorites, was, it's kind of a, uh, it, means, it means mountaineer or highlander or uplander, but it means prominence or pompous, or supreme, or significant, okay? And what that's referring to is that even, uh, you know, it isn't always bad things that steer you wrong. Sometimes it's good things that can steer you wrong. Sometimes we get so caught up with stuff, or things, or, you know, or prominence, as this word kind of means, okay? Uh, and pretty soon you lose sight of who your real source is. Come on now. And I said, I thought it was worthy of bringing this out because if you keep seeking God, don't worry. Everything else follows you, praise God. So keep your focus on God. Amen. Not only stay accountable, as we talked about earlier, and not only stay anchored and encouraged in God and, and motivated in God, but this last one, amen, stay resolute. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. No matter good, bad, ugly, doesn't matter. We're serving God. Praise God. I hope you got something today. Father, I give you praise and glory once again for this word. Thank you for these principles today, these keys, praise God, for possessing our promised land. I thank you we had an ear to hear it, a heart to receive it. And again, for opening the eyes of our understanding, we give you praise and glory. Hallelujah. In the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO Victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.